Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Here's Dave Schrader in for Jason DeRussia. Thank you so much for all that have tuned in this week to spend some time with me. I appreciate it. I will be back on Monday. I'll be filling in for Chad from noon to three on New Year's Day. Here's a weird news story. Interesting, weird. I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. Talk and text lines open. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Billionaire Peter Thiel is one of thousands due to be cryogenically frozen after they die. Inside the industry selling life after death. That's this article. Some companies are offering people the chance to be cryogenically frozen after death, preserving the hope of being revived sometime in the future. While the technology has improved, there is currently no proven method to bring frozen bodies back to life, raising ethical and scientific questions. Now, Alcor Life Extension Foundation, the oldest cryogenics company, has 224 patients. 1,418 members are signed up. Tech billionaires, including Peter Thiel, express interest in cryonics. Full body preservation. Josh, how much do you think you want to have your body preserved, every inch of you, for future? And the whole concept is this is ice. You're dying of a disease that. Hopefully, in the future, they'll be able to defeat that disease. So the minute you die, they immediately go into work to cryogenically preserve you so that when they revive you, they can attack the disease, attack what got you, and then try to revive you on this. So you're you're put into a cryo tank. Mm-hmm. You're suspended animation, basically. How much do you think it costs to preserve yourself? Uh, well, a lot because you need a big tank for me. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Ugh. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions is a little pricey. I mean, not for not for preserving this great, you know, <laughs> Greek sculpture of a bond. You are carved from yeah. something, that's for carved sure. From donuts, yeah. Yeah. Full body preservation costs around two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's the Cryonics Institute and other global companies also provide similar uh services. I actually have a friend who's at Alcor. Um, not working. He's in one of the tanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When a member dies, a medical team replaces the blood with a cryoprotectant to prevent ice crystal formation inside the veins and arteries. The body is gradually cooled to 196 degrees Celsius below, mm-hmm. right? 196 degrees below and stored in liquid nitrogen awaiting potential future revival. Scientific advancements such as the successful unfreezing and transplanting of rat organs provide some optimism for this. Critics question the feasibility of cryonics, citing legal and ethical dilemmas. The article explores practical challenges such as identity issues upon revival and the difficulty of integrating into a vastly changed world. Despite these uncertainties, though, proponents view cryonics as a daring adventure into the unknown, emphasizing a sense of optimism about the future. So I I ask you, Minnesota, 
to call into the talk and text line 651-461-9226 if you had the money would you do it would you cryonically freeze yourself and hope that at some point they are going to have the technology to not only thaw you properly refill your bloodline but that they will be able to defeat whatever illness was robbing your life that's risky well, it's risky, but it no more risky than being dead, True. right? So <laughs> that, that's where the risk is. My thought is if consciousness is not an internal part of our organs, mm. science can't find in the brain where consciousness lives. Yeah, They've tried. They can't pinpoint it, yeah. right? Consciousness almost seems to live outside. If you elect to do this and you're kept in cryonics for 250 years, yeah. does your consciousness move on? Or are you just floating in a tube like Luke Skywalker in yeah. Empire Strikes Back? Uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Waiting to be thawed out. I, you know what? I'm, oh man, I'm so terrified of death. That's a driving force in my life. I've been terrified of death since I was a very small boy. I am a very big man now. It still unnerves me, it makes me uncomfortable. Would I want to take that chance? I don't know that I would. What, what about you, Josh? Would you, If you had the cash, expendable cash, would you do it? I'd take the risk. Yeah. Sure. You'd, I mean, if we're talking expendable cash, I definitely would take the risk. Here's the other thing. It's worth a shot. They've also preserved just the head so that you can have your head removed, your head, brain. Hopefully, if the consciousness and memories yeah. live there, the concept is that in the future, they'll be able to Frankenstein you. They'll clone you from viable DNA sources, build you a new body, which again comes into morals and yeah, right, kind of uh, the ethical issues of this. Mm-hmm. Reattach the head or find a way to bring your thoughts and memories over very sci-fi into the new physical form. Yeah, would you do that? Would you go with just the head? That's the Futurama thing, right? They have all yeah. the jars with all the Nixon's yes. head yes. and all the famous uh, celebrities. <laughs> Um, sure. I like, like I said, I, I, it's as long as the term expendable cash is being used, I will do just about anything. Right. I, okay. So if it costs me 220 grand to yeah. freeze myself, yeah. pardon the pun, are they freezing my assets? Do they take all my money? Do they put it away safely? And then when they thaw out, like, is there a certain, Statute of limitations, if I'm 150 years in and they can't cure what ills me, do they get to take that money? Yeah. Um, if I'm thought out, do I get it? And in 150 years, is a you know a million five in my bank account going to be worth anything? Someone also made a good point on the text line. What happens if the company goes bankrupt? I'm sure there's insurance for that. What do they do with the tanks, what though? What if the insurance doesn't exist anymore? Oh, good God. Here's another question from the talk in text line. What happens if they take you out of the tank and drop you on the t- on the <laughs> floor? Do they just tell you to pull yourself together? I like it. Um, it's I don't know. It's exciting. I think it's an interesting element yeah. to extending. But I also think there's, a, you know, curing the disease is one thing. If mm-hmm. the disease ate you alive and killed you, is there enough viable material left to try to revive you potentially now i know one of these companies did it to a dog and the dog was only dead for like uh i want to say 
hours or days. Mm. And then they cryogenically did what they did. Then they put it all back in and brought the dog back out. Mm -hmm. The the dog was like blind, deaf, and couldn't walk. But they were able to revive it. So that's a success in a way. Yeah. I mean, not if you're the dog, but it's a success. Yeah, for science. Remember the movie Forever Young, one of the uh, textures says? I don't. Who's in that one? Is that, uh, is, have to look. is that Mel Gibson? I feel like that's attached to that. Um, I don't remember. I'd like to see it. Now, maybe I'll check it out. I, would, I, I know the big rumors have always been that Walt Disney did that, that uh, he, he died and they put him on ice. We call it is Mel Gibson. Is it? 1992. Boom. Back in the prehistoric days of 1992. I can I tell you the most born. ridiculous entertainment information that I retain, and I can't tell you like what my kids' birthdays are without needing to look them up. Is that that's, I'm a bad dad. Yeah. No judgment here. I don't know. <laughs> then why'd you nod with a twisted I'm just face? That looked to make like you judgment. Feel better about yourself. So. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break. <laughs> when we come back, if you could, what advice would you give your younger self? Hit me up on the talk and text line, 651-461-9226. Josh, you think about it. I want to know what advice you'd give yourself. We'll do that when we return right here to Drive Time with the Russia on Newstalk 830-WCC. All right, before the break, I pose the question, what advice would you give your younger self? As we are looking at the beginning of a new year, reflecting back on the past and trying to make a better future for ourselves, if you had that ability... What advice would you give yourself? The WCCO Talk and Text Line is open, 651-461-9226. Don't be shy. Let me know your thoughts on this. Josh, what do you think? Advice for my younger self. Yes. Uh, don't be afraid to just hit the weight room and hit the run, hit the, hit the running hard as a kid. You would have pushed more of the health? Oh, yeah, for sure. Huh. I, I think uh, getting an early start to – being healthier is definitely beneficial now that I'm 31. So uh, obviously never a bad time to start, but uh, definitely something I wish I would have done more in high school because looking back on it now, the drive and dedication that I put into a lot of things could have been beneficial in putting it towards school, weightlifting, running, health, everything. So obviously when I'm you know 18, I could eat 5,000 calories in it adds nothing to me because when you're a teenager with that much metabolism, it's great. But 2023, Josh Wheeler, that goes right <laughs> to the sides and the hips. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, don't eat 5,000 calories in a sitting. All right. That's I'll try good. for six. Yeah. That, no, no. That's the wrong <laughs> wrong direction. 651-461-9226, the talk and text line. You know, I was, I was really wrapping my head around this over the last couple of days. I, I saw this question posed online, and it really kind of got to me. And, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is always to think, well, you know, I would change this relationship or that friendship or this or that. And then I think, but you remove that peg, how many other things would fall away that would not make me who I am today? Mm-hmm. That would have maybe robbed me of one of my children, yep. uh, robbed me of one of the friendships that matters to me. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it's so hard because you think it's not just a simple, you know, it's a it's a Jenga tower, right? You pop mm-hmm. one piece out and you're going to leave the rest standing. But there's something that's not as well balanced as there once was. Obviously, I think the the main one for me would come financially. I would have just told myself, dude, you don't need everything you want. You, I'm the worst impulse buyer. Oh, yeah. I am the guy that's buying the garbage up at the front register at the last. Oh, <laughs> I could use one of those. You know, yeah, I'm always right. that guy. 
And I just think I wish I would have thought a little bit more about the financial stability of my future. I'm always robbing my own, you know, Peter to pay my own Paul. Um, here, one of the listeners says, buy all the land you can. That's a, yeah, that's not a bad idea. It's not bad. Yeah. Well, that'd go along with the finance aspect. But you're right. The land is worth so much now. <laughs> um, I, I I guess, and I, I hate that it's the materialistic aspect of the money situation. But like I said, everything else, I feel like if I were to shift something, it would dramatically change other aspects of my life that I don't know would have come into play. Uh, advice to your younger self, don't ignore the tendency toward chemical dependency in your family. That's an interesting point. Now, I, I came from a family with uh, my mom was an alcoholic. My aunt was an alcoholic. My grandfather and grandmother were alcoholics. And I've done my best to avoid being an alcoholic. Yeah. I, uh, By that, I mean I've, I've completely not been an alcoholic. I drink rarely. Maybe once a week on Wednesdays during one of my podcasts that I do with a couple of buddies of mine, but it's one drink. We do that. I maybe drink when I go out once a month with friends, and that's it. It's not something that's an important part of my life. I avoided cigarettes. I wear my seatbelt. I'm basically the most white bread ward cleaver you're going to ever meet when it comes to those lifestyle choices, right? You should work for Dare. Well, <laughs> I don't, nobody listens to Dare. <laughs> Here's another one. Buy Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon at the start. Yeah. For sure. But then again, think about that. Or GameStop. If you right, just in that one short <laughs> yeah. window. Hey. Yeah. Uh, just think about that, though. Say you bought all those things. The money would be fantastic. Yeah. No doubt about it. But would have taken you off the trajectory of the life that you're in. And I know there are many of you out there going, that's fine by me. Yeah. And I respect that. But I often think, like, again, would I have the children I have? Would I have married the woman that I married? Would I have it's had, effect. had that money and been off and you know been on my yep. 18th marriage uh, and and have run my gamut of of cash anyway? Uh, because again, I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm a bit of an impulse shopper. So I uh, would buy like eight cryogenic tubes for me and all my first friends. Time, first time hearing about this. Yeah, because I don't want to, you know, if I were going to die, I'd, I don't want to wake up without my buddies by my side. Yeah. So I would have them cryogenically frozen too. See, that's just, there's a million, million and a half right there, right out of the coffers. Yeah. Um, Advice-wise though, what would, what, yeah, it's so hard. It, it, you Like I said, we want to lean into the cash. Mm-hmm. I can't I mean there are a couple relationships I had where I'm like don't do it. Don't do it. Right? And and I heard that in the back of my head when it was taking place. But then I think of what I learned from those specific situations and how they shaped who I am. Yeah. And then some of it made no sense and you think, well that was dumb. <laughs> but then I was able to sit down and talk to my daughter or my son and go I did have this happen to me. If it's any, you know, matter to you, I survived it. Mm. You'll survive it. Because it's hard to give advice. It's hard to be a good parent when your child's going through something you you are out of touch with. And I've run the gamut of things that have happened in my life. And, uh, you know, from love and loss to money to no money to 
just about anything you could possibly imagine. So I've got a pretty good wealth of knowledge I can share with my children that maybe uh, maybe it would have impacted one of my children negatively had I not lived through that to tell them this is how you get around that problem. Yeah. I know kids roll their eyes at you, but I do know that when my kids huff and snort about the advice that I offer them, I often see that they take that advice. Yeah. And uh, like one of one of my proudest moments as a dad, I'm, I'm I take my daughter and her boyfriend to a movie screening, right? And I had to do the introduction for the movie screening. And somebody goes, Dave, this was a horror movie. They're like, Dave, what's the scariest thing you've ever seen? And I said, my uh, teenage daughter sitting in the eighth row with a boy on their first date. And everybody starts laughing. And we get in the car, driving home, and I'm in the front seat. And my daughter, uh, my, my daughter's boyfriend is in the passenger seat or in the driver's seat behind me, leaned up against the wall of the car yeah. and his arms out and my daughter's slumped up against him and that's fine and then all of a sudden I see this hand come over the shoulder <laughs> and the hand keeps sliding to a danger zone <laughs> and I'm looking just glaring in, in the rearview mirror at this guy and I said uh, hey uh, if those fingers move another quarter of an inch I'm going to break them off and throw them out the window <laughs> and he just got this shock look at my daughter goes dad and I said no honey if this guy has such little respect for you that he's going to try to do that in the car while your dad's in the car, yeah, he has no respect for me. He has no respect for you. This is not somebody you need in your life. I didn't tell her they had to break up. Yeah. I didn't tell her to stop seeing him. That's all I said. We got there, pulled up in front of the house. Guy gets out. My daughter gets out to walk around. And I'm like, oh, my God, now they're going to hug and kiss. This is going to make my stomach turn. <laughs> and he goes to give her a hug, and she puts her hand on his chest. She goes, no, thanks. And he goes, well, will I see you again? She goes, no, nah, my dad's right. You're kind of a jerk. She <laughs> gets in the car and we take off. And I just sat there. I didn't want to go and, and be all, you know, prideful. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, huh, so what do you make of that whole thing? And she goes, yeah, you're right. That was not showing me, you, or anybody any respect. That was pretty stupid on his part. I don't need that in my life, Dad. That's parenting right. There you go. Threatened to break off the fingers, and apparently it connects. Maybe not. Violence is never the I don't know. 50-50 shot on that one. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got uh, got to talk a little purple. We're going to talk a little bit of Vikings. What's coming up? Uh, Big game. We're playing against the Packers, our hated rivals right here. Uh, This is going to be a big game. And Alec Lewis will join us to discuss that when we return to Drive Time with DeRussia. I'm Dave Schrader. This is News Talk 830-WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We're back. This is Drive Time with DeRussia. I'm Dave Schrader filling in. Joining me now to talk a little purple, we've got Alec Lewis, the Minnesota Vikings beat writer for The Athletic. Alec, good news, bad news. What does it look like for us facing the Green Bay Packers in our last two games here? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it got <laughs> good news, bad news. I don't, I don't think we know any week at this point. If I've learned anything through 15 games of this season, it is to prognosticate anything that might happen on these weekends with this team is probably not going to be very easy for me who gets paid to do it or anybody who does not get paid to do it. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, 
look, this is two two is the game where two teams can really end one another season. I mean, it's a border battle, obviously, which will always have and carry intrigue, but the ability for each team to knock each other out kind of and, and prevent the other from making the playoffs. And then the fact that the Vikings are going to be starting rookie quarterback Jaron Hall uh, creates uh, and enough enough intrigue to, to make for what should be a pretty fun Sunday night. How about injury-wise? I mean, are we pretty matched up on, on losses of important players, or do you think that uh, Green Bay's got the edge on us? Yeah, I mean, this has been a uh, – I mean, the Vikings' entire roster seems to have been ravaged at some point with some kind of injuries. I mean, I listed them off the other day, and I felt like I had pain in my side just going through the amount of names that I was typing out. I mean, it's Justin Jefferson's hamstring, Kirk Cousins' Achilles, Cam Akers' Achilles, Marcus Davenport's saying I mean, you could – go on and on as far as this game uh byron murphy jr who is the team's best cornerback will not be playing he has a knee injury a safety named theo jackson has a toe injury he won't be playing uh but they they might have wide receiver jordan addison and cornerback makai blackman both would be pretty important and then green bay has a bunch of players doubtful kind of to your point including some some important players both offensively and defensively. So, it's I mean, this is what happens week 16. These guys have played 15 games. They've crashed into each other a million times. This is kind of probably at this point what you're going to get. So, um, it, it's really, no matter who's out there Sunday night, it's kind of just going to be everything on the line and, uh, and, and guys probably making plays that you haven't heard of on both sides. Right. So, this the fates smile upon us, Alec, and the clouds part, and we happen to win this game and our final game against division rival Detroit, uh, keeping us possibly in the mix for uh, the, that the playoff spot. Once we're into the playoffs, though, I mean, with how banged up we are and how <laughs> how slapdash our team is, I mean, are we better off just almost taking the knee now and allowing ourselves some time to restructure? Yeah. I, it, it's a conversation that um, has come up a lot this week among fans for me, and a lot of people have suggested that. Like, at this point, if you look at the long term and you think, like, really, can we really beat the 49ers or the Eagles or the Cowboys or any of these NFC really upper echelon teams, then, then what is the point? Why not pick be picking 10th as opposed to be picking 18th? And, and again, like, the rationale – totally makes sense the best way to flip your team honestly from a talent perspective is to be picking higher in the draft and picking higher in every single round and so I I I totally get the perspective I guess the hard part of it and I've thought of a lot about this this week is that like you still have guys like Jordan Hicks who has suffered through compartment syndrome where his leg was spliced open and he had immediate surgery was rushed to the hospital who's worked his way back. So you're going to sit there and tell him or have him uh, punt. I mean, this is not a guy who worked his way back just to sit on the sideline and watch his team lose. You have a defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, who is probably going to be a name in the head coaching styles. He's just going to lay down and and not be calling his optimal uh, looks after doing it for 15 weeks. I mean, I know these guys get paid a lot, and I know the organization has to do what's best for him. But in all reality – uh, specifically what this team is at right now, it's hard for me to think that they would just lay down and look ahead and then kind of punt on it. It's just these guys are alpha competitors. That's how they get to this point for a reason. And, and so just to, to to pull off at this point, for as much as it might make sense for the long term, it's just hard for me to believe that will happen.
Kirko Chains was kind of on the the fence of if we're going to bring him back, we're looking at maybe going earlier in the the picks and getting ourselves a new good quarterback. Uh, after watching uh, three fill-in quarterbacks fail, you know, pretty miserably trying to <laughs> fill in for Kirk, are we are we looking at? Oh, I mean, you know, maybe Kirk's uh, not such a, a faulty device after all. Maybe we should really just put a little bit more spit and polish on that guy and put him back in next year. Yeah, well, there's no question that his play rises to a level that these backups do not. I mean, that's why the Vikings have paid him as much as they had over the years, because, I mean, just quite frankly, at at bare minimum, you know he's going to operate the offense, and you know that more often than not, he is not going to color outside the lines and make a play that you just can't make. I mean, turnovers, I've said this on this station before, are the number one statistic that leads to winning. I mean, if you don't turn the ball over, you give yourself a chance to win. Bill Belichick internally says all the time, let's try to try to not lose the game before we win the game. And so to your question, I mean, the long term is a fascinating conversation for so many reasons. I mean, one of them is, is Kirk Cousins, even with his Achilles injury, is going to be valuable. If you look around the league, there are a lot of teams that don't have a quarterback and that would love a guy who – could operate the offense effectively. So if there are other teams interested, what does the price ultimately look like for a guy like Kirk? I mean, Daniel Jones, who has not accomplished anywhere near what Kirk Cousins has, received two years, I believe, $40 million a year. So if that's the baseline, are the Vikings going to be willing to pay that amount for a guy his age, given where they are and where their team is? And ultimately, to me, as much as we could talk about certain dynamics and Justin Jefferson and what he wants and all of that. I mean, it's probably just going to come down to the money and what Kirk's wants and what he's willing to take and what the Vikings are willing to pay. And so at this point, not knowing the figures or the metrics or any of that, um, it's hard to really say, I will tell you, I know he wants to be here, but again, at what cost? I mean, that, that, that really ultimately is as with everything. Do you think he'll want to be here? Will he want to be here if it's only a one year option? It's a great question, and it's one I'm not sure. I, I mean, if another team is willing to pay you three years guaranteed for $30 million a year, and then the Vikings are only willing to pay one year, I mean, you probably take the security given the injury, depending on how much, again, being here is a priority versus being somewhere else. And, and that's for him to decide and his agent to decide. And um, you rarely see pro athletes of that level, just given that their value kind of affects other guys' value. You rarely see them just take such a – a price that's so much lower than others. So it's hard for me to believe that he would ever do that. He never has, his agent never has. And so, um, again, I, I, the, the conversation will probably be driven by this, even for as much as he really does want to be here. I know that for a fact. Can you look into your crystal ball? What do you see this weekend? What's your prediction? <laughs> uh, I am going to predict the Vikings victory. It's probably uh-huh. not. I do believe I do believe they're favored by a point in in out in Vegas, which means probably on a neutral site they're they're, they're not favored. But this Packers defense is reeling, and they've, they've had a ton of injuries. And I really think they're gettable. I mean, Bryce Young was the number one pick this past year by the Carolina Panthers, and he has not had a good year at all. And he put up thirty points against the Packers last last weekend. So it's kind of a bold pick. It's it's kind of a pick on Justin Jefferson being unguardable. It's kind of a pick on coaching and Brian Flores, so um, probably not the most safe selection by me, but I every time you think you know, you really don't. And I feel like 
these last couple of weeks, it may have made you probably feel like the Vikings, eh, I'm not really sure. And usually that's when the switch kind of flips. Well, and we can only hope that they haven't got any kind of real uh, footage on our quarterback to, to come in feeling secure as a defense, too. So it is. It's just It literally is a wild card game, it feels like, this week. I say all the time, too, and it's not the most sexy probably for radio, but a lot of these games, even if you're not favored, your chances of winning are, let's say, 42%. Mm-hmm. And it's like anything with probability. If the probability is 42%, like it's, it could happen. On any given Sunday, it could happen. <laughs> and so um, it's part of what makes this league as compelling as it is on a weekly basis that you have essentially – 26 teams that are fairly close in margin. So the margin for error is so slim, and the way the weird ball bounces probably dictates the game. And, again, it's, it's a little boring to say, and I know it's not fun, It's not as fun as blaming somebody for being bad or good, but it's just the reality of this thing. So, yeah, you said it's kind of a wild-card game. Kevin O'Connell, the head coach today, said they're treating it like a playoff week, and uh, you can understand why. Losing, you're pretty much done here. Alec Lewis, we asked the question, what advice would you give to your younger self? What, what one thing would you say to uh, 18-year-old Alec Lewis if you could get that ear right now? Is this a question you're asking everybody, or are you like, like a, a something from above that's trying to make me reflect <laughs> because I probably need to? I don't want to. I don't want to brag, but the Lord is right here with me right now, Alec. No, I've just. I've been asking everybody. We threw it out to the audience. What I'm just wondering what your piece of advice to you would be. Man, that's such a good question. Um, I, 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 I think I, I, what I would probably tell myself is just to not take everything as seriously as I probably do, and mm-hmm. that's that's not just the job, but that's everything. So I think it just. I wish, and again, I don't know if people care about me, but I, I think I, I'm, I'm so. Um, I care about a lot of things really deeply. And at times, I wish I was a little more carefree. And so I think that that would be the advice, and it is the advice I'm giving myself right now for right now, too. Well, take that advice with you going into the future, Alec. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a safe, happy new year. Of course. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the question. That was a nightmaker, so I appreciate it. And <laughs> enjoy, right. enjoy the New Year's weekend, everybody listening. Thank All you. right. Take care, my friend. All right. Uh, stay tuned. We'll wrap up Drive Time with DeRussia in just a few moments. I'm Dave Schrader filling in right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. You're in Minnesota, baby. Yeah, kid, prepare to die. Just prepare to have a crazy weekend. A lot of fun. Sitting in for Jason Derusha, I'm Dave Schrader. Josh Wheeler, my producer this week. Thank you so much for all the great work this week, Josh. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Man, it went by. Bam, just like that. Yes, sir. Hard to believe. We still are getting some messages on the talk and text line, 651-461-9226. Hello, Dave, from sunny Las Vegas. Here's my advice to my younger self. Roll with the punches. Live life to the fullest. And trust that things will happen when they're supposed to. Trust and believe that there is a plan for your life. Great show, by the way. And that comes from Jesse Bassett. Thank you, Jesse. Love it. Yeah. Everybody basically on the same thing. Just don't take life so seriously. Enjoy yourself more. Forgive often. I like that one. Forgive often. Doesn't mean you have to forget. Oh. But forgive. Carrying the weight of that, that cancer on you, it's of absolutely no use. You know, of all people, um, oh, here's, I'm so grateful I am free, critical thinking person who is able to understand the consequences of socialism and communism, currently attempting to suppress free speech in our beautiful country. 
okay, this isn't Thanksgiving, but I'm glad that you're <laughs> yes. thankful for these things. We're talking about what advice would you give to yourself um, as we face a change, a new time for us all to reflect on our past and look to the future. This is the time to realize what's really important. And it isn't the petty little things. It isn't the things that get under your skin and annoy you and bring you nothing but shame and pain. What you should do is enjoy and embrace the moments. Live in an attitude of gratitude. And I know that's not easy for everybody to think. But if you spend as much time focused on the good things in your life as you do on the things that are not going your way, you might begin to see that the things that you look at will begin to change. There will be a difference in your life. That I know for certain you are listening to a living, breathing example of a man who has set a plan, intention, and manifestation in order to do and achieve the things that I've wanted to do. I wanted a big family. I've got 11 kids. I wanted to live happily and do a job I love to do, which is radio, and I've been able to do that for nigh 20 years now. And I've been able to work at some of the most incredible locations, including this historic site, WCCO Radio. And if I can do it, I'm telling you out there everywhere, you can do it. Because there's nothing great, there's nothing special, there's no magic to Dave Schrader that you don't have in your own life. And I've been at the lowest lows. I've had the gun in my mouth, literally. And I'm here to tell you, that's not the way out. That is a permanent solution to a temporary inconvenience, and you can turn your life around. You just have to make that decision to do it today. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not going to say it's going to be fun. But when you look back at this a year from now and look at the difference from where you were to where you are, you will be so grateful that you took that time to care about the most important person in your life, which needs to be you. And there's no shame in that game. Take it from me. Thank you very much for tuning in and spending your time with me this week for your texts, for your calls, for your messages. It's been a pleasure and an honor to fill in for Jason DeRussia. I will be back on Monday, New Year's Day, to fill in for Chad, and I'm looking forward to that and talking to you all again there. Josh, thank you so much for thank everything you. that Have you've a good done. New year. Have a good New Year, everybody. Here is to a brand-new beginning in 2024. Onward and upward, my friends. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is News Talk a 3 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 